Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're going to join us here today. We know there's a lot of things you could be doing right now, but you're listening to us, and that makes us feel really good. So we're glad you're here. Welcome under the hood. Yeah, welcome. It's been an interesting week so far. Been busy week. It's been fall break around here. I'm finally wearing a hoodie. You are wearing a hoodie. I actually started wearing... I broke out the sweater vest. Well, most people... Oh, sweater vest. Give me a break. I cannot stand <laughs> those things. I no, wear- I had a bunch of sweater vests when we first got married because I thought I looked awesome in it. <laughs> you, you still think and, you look awesome in a sweater well, vest? Well, I, I don't wear sweater vests anymore. I wear like some of these. I'm wearing one right now. It's a little zip-up thing. That's not it's, really a it's, sweater it, vest. It, there's no sleeves on it, but I like it. Like there's an undershirt with sleeves. But I'll take I take a picture of you in it. Right here. Check what it you out. Call. You're taking a picture right now. You're going to post that later. Yeah, I'll post it. So, because that's not a sweater vest. It's a. It's a vest. It's something. It, anyway, it is a vest. So when we first got married, um, I put on a sweater vest, and she's like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like we've known each other for several years. What do you mean? I, I wear these all the time. Yeah, but they look ugly. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> No, they don't. No, no, no. If you're wearing a sweater vest you today, get, you look amazing. No, when you get Joe married. Joe does not look amazing in a sweater vest. Well, but when you get married, you know, you are more honest than ever after you get married. And so gradually my sweater vest started disappearing out of my closets. <laughs> this is a true story. So I'd have to go hunt them down. And I think I'm, I think I may have one left that didn't quite fit right. Never really had quite fit right. So there was no danger of me wearing it. So you never got rid of it. I think I think that's still in my closet. I have to go now. I'm going to go. Look I'm going to go it. look. No, I'm going to look. Go look. Anyway, so enough about sweater vests. But it's been a. The weather is getting cooler, and I'm enjoying this time of year. It is. It I'm is wearing much, a hoodie and a sweatshirt, which is kind of an amazing. You're wearing thing for a new me. life hoodie, which you can pick up in the office anytime you'd like. <laughs> no, there's only a few left. There is a few left, but we're going to get a new batch here soon. Well, most but, people see me in sleeveless shirts and think, "What are you doing?" I'm like, I pretty much wear that year round. Kirsten Unless is a cold. sandals wear all year round. But I'm wearing tennis shoes today. No, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's been fall break, so the kids have been on vacation. Yeah. And we went up and to, we took a little trip to Kansas City the other day, went to the Apple Orchard up there, hit some of our favorite restaurants. Just love that city and had a good time. We so, showed the boys their old home. Yes, yes. Take a picture of it. Yeah, what I did was we they didn't want to get out of the car because they were embarrassed to go stand in the driveway. <laughs> so they walked out there, we took a picture, and I honked the horn real loud and drove <laughs> off and left them <laughs> standing there in the driveway. We think we're pretty cool. Yeah, they, they don't think that's funny stuff. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. But uh, anyway, it's uh, I said on Sunday that I'm kind of a door-to-door salesman's dream. Oh, my word. Is that not the truth? And Kirsten would not stop after church. And she kept bringing up all these different things where she thinks I got suckered into buying something. And if you didn't hear the sermon on Sunday, I just told, I told the church that, um, that, you know, Pharaoh was unimpressed by Moses' staff turning into a stake. And I said, I'm kind of a door-to-door salesman's dream. If somebody comes up to my door and they're like, hey, I've got a product that will change your life. Do you want to see it? And I'm like, yeah, come on this in. This goes back to our college days, though, because I remember you telling me one time, you, I don't know if you called me or if we saw each other in, in person, you said, hey, guess what I won? 
I said, what'd you win? I did win. And you said, I won this coupon book. <laughs> and I said, you did, you won a coupon book? Yeah, they called me and said, hey, guess what you won? You won a coupon book. All you have to do is pay $25. <laughs> well, and you did it. I did win because that I got- That is not winning anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, all I know is about two hours later, somebody showed up at my door <laughs> and- I take DK take cash or check, right? And I wrote him a check because we used to write checks back then. And I wrote him a check for twenty twenty five bucks. They hand me this coupon book. They had over four thousand dollars worth of savings if you use the whole book. Sucker. Hey, but you know what? I got my twenty five dollars back. Just, I know we did all of our dates were out we, of that coupon book. Yes, all of our dates. Yes, I, what I remember is buy one get one free pizza buffet. Do you guys remember Godfather Pizza? Do you guys remember that? Okay, so what I remember is there was like ten buy one get one free lunch buffets from like Godfather's Pizza in there, and um, for the course of that school year, we used to go and like you want to go out for lunch? I got to buy one get a super romantic. I got to I want to. <laughs> like, through this 500 page coupon book. Okay, where are we going today? It's true. I should have known. I should have known. It's true. I we used a lot of the food. Then then he has this vacuum salesman to his home. I've had a lot of Hoover guys in my house. He's like, let me show you. I can clean. I can vacuum your bed. Ew. No, no. Listen, they come to the door. This The first time this ever happened was in college. Uh, my brother and I were renting a house together. I was a senior at Ozark. And a guy comes knocking on my door and he goes, hey, I want to show you this new Hoover vacuum cleaner. And I'll, va- you know, I'll clean one of your rooms for free. But what were you going to get for it? And you get some free steak knives. Steak knives. Yeah, so you get. <laughs> Joe's always going to get something free. <laughs> I think we it. still have some of those laying around, honestly. <laughs> we and they're the black handle ones. Oh that my real goodness. flimsy. They we broke. I think up. I got rid of those. You probably with my sweater vest. But anyway, <laughs> so he comes to my house and he's like, he's like, um, hey, I'll clean one of your rooms for free. And of course, if you know what it's like to live with a bunch of college guys, that's a good offer. And so I'm like, okay. So he comes in. And he goes, which room do you want me to clean? I said, well, my room, of course. <laughs> and and so he's vacuuming my room. And and this particular model uh, had, uh, I'm going to tell you something really gross. This particular model had um, a, a see-through window that you could see the filter inside. As it's working, you could see the filter change colors. As it gets dirty, you know when to change it. And so... <laughs> They had to get rid of this vacuum after they were in your room. Anyway, um, he comes into my house and and he goes, there's a really cool attachment on here. You can like vacuum like mattresses and all kinds of things. Let me tell you about the bed I slept on back then. Um, I didn't buy this bed. I don't know where this bed came from. Okay. Um, I moved in with my brother. He invited me to move into this house that he had. And he said, it's already furnished and uh, you don't have to bring anything. And I'm like, okay. And so... So yeah, there was a room and it was basic, had a bed, had, you know, things in it. So I didn't think a thing about it. I just put some sheets on that bed and slept in it. So this guy with the Hoover vacuum, he pulls back one corner of the sheets. Uh, um, I can't believe you're about to tell us these things. And he, and he put the attachment and he goes, and he goes, and he starts to vacuum and the filter turned black. I mean, just (laughs) black, right? It's like, whoa, he was acting like he'd never seen that before. Like, like, what is that? And he goes, are you sleeping He goes, that's probably a bunch of dead skin. And that's like, he goes, where this bed? I "I don't know where this bed came from. It was just here. And so. 
<laughs> he started changing filters. Oh. And the next one turned black, and the every next one turned black. Change the filter every. <laughs> like you every, don't need to vacuum that anymore. Swipe. <laughs> anyway, I asked my brother later, it's like, "Hey Tim, where does bed come from?" And he goes, "I pulled it out of a dumpster." And I'm like, "What?" He goes, "No, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a furniture store, and like they were getting rid of some, um, you know, displays and stuff, and they just sent it back there, and I saw it, and I, I just, it looks like a perfectly good mattress, and I'm only at a bachelor. I bed. think I slept on the floor, the breast. I mean, I did something. I mean, that was that grossed me out. Anyway, so I well, did not buy that vacuum cleaner no, because I, will, I didn't have twelve hundred dollars in college. So I, I will like, say that it. probably one of our biggest arguments was over a Hoover." vacuum guy. Yeah. Cause we had, plans so we've been married quite a while. This one lived in Kansas city. Yeah. We had been pl- married for a while and we had plans that night and, and you invited some Hoover guy over to vacuum Not over. He'd showed up on my door. Well, but still you say no. He said, do you want me to clean He's, one of your rooms? I said, yes. No. And I want the steak knife. So once they're in your house, they never leave. Now this is true. I didn't know this was going to turn into a, a two hour visit and it would have, but so I said I pulled. <laughs> so I'm in the living in the room. Going, you get him out of the house right now. Yes, yeah, it's one of the maddest. Go. One of the maddest I've ever seen. You're like, I can't just kick him out. You're like, that's He's not cleaning my room. Nice. I told, I told him. So I, I, I asked the guy, I say, hey, how much, how much longer this is going to be? Because I do have an appointment. We got plans tonight. And, and as I'm talking, about, I can see Kirsten down the hallway giving me the, <laughs> I'll kill you. Look, I'll kill you. get him out of my house. I'll kill you right now. Yeah. And and the guy's like, oh, it won't take much longer. I need to show you a few more things and. And um, and then he began to tell me the story how he gets credit just if he shows it. So he needs to finish showing it. I'm like, okay, then all right. show it quick. And I had already told him, I was like, hey, I'm not going to buy it. I don't have fifteen hundred dollars, whatever, to pay for this. And so finally, I just said, look, man, um, I'm I'm up against a hard deadline. You got to go. He goes, I have to leave. I said, yeah, you got to leave right now. I said, <laughs> my I said, marriage you're, is in you're, trouble. You're, you may not win your points, but I might die if you don't get out of my house right now. And so I said, it's kind of a fair trade. You 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 get to keep living, and I and I will too. And so <laughs> maybe. So anyway, so I, I ushered him to the door really quickly, and he had been in my house for like an hour and a half already. No, it, it had been two hours. I don't know. You weren't home when we started, so I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> so all I know is he got real annoyed with me, and I'm showing him to the door, and he's he's on. On his cell phone, he's walking out the front door and he calls his boss. And I forget what word that they used. It wasn't a nice sounding word, but it meant like it was like abort, like early termination. <laughs> come pick me up, or like they're kicking me out, or something like that. So I'm not really kicking. I guess I am kicking you out. But anyway, no sales pitch should ever be more than thirty minutes, fifteen uh, minutes. Hey, but you have to admit, you have to admit the cleaning product that we have. This we won't say the name on here, but but I had a door door salesman show up. And he had a cleaning product that was that you dilute it in water and you put it in a spray bottle. Why not say it? It's Protec. It's oh, great. come on. Yeah, no, because if you've heard of it, I want to know if you've heard of it. Because seriously, <laughs> well, I don't know of anyone who has heard of it. And we actually bought it. And I will say it is the one thing that I continue to order online now over and over. It's called Protec. Because it was a kid. It was a kid who was a salesman and he cleaned, he like cleaned the front door handle on the storm door. And, and that was it for you. And he said, you like, I'll do it, it will work carpets, counters, bathrooms, like everything there. You couldn't do it. But on I remember he said, things. just don't use it on anything that's silk, satin, satin or suede, the yep. three S's. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything that's silk <laughs> or satin, but we still use or suede on carpet. 
We've used it for years. On so, the how countertop? long have we been using ProTec? Like 15 years, yeah, maybe? Yeah, probably. And so we just ordered, but it's awesome. It takes out any stain in any carpet. It takes clothes. Clothes. Yep. It takes out. It is an amazing thing. It is. As long as you dilute it correctly. Because yeah, if you. There are directions. Yeah, if you don't dilute it correctly, it can be too strong. But well. I've used to get bugs off my cars. That's everything. I mean, it, it works good. So, anyway, yeah, I'm kind of a salesman's so dream. If you haven't heard of Joe's knife story, make sure you listen to last week's message um, because. That he, is still the best knife I ever bought. He is no, a sucker, awesome. even at Sam's Club. No, no, that guy pulled out a head of a. He pulled out a hammer. You know, the head of a hammer, solid steel, and he starts grinding on the, the head of this hammer, and then he taps the hammer, and all the metal flakings cut, fall out. He takes that same knife. Knife and he starts slicing bread like it and like that's amazing. I'm like I'm in the crowd. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And, I'm like come on, let's go. Anyway, it's still an awesome knife. All right, when we come back, we gotta talk about your message. All right. So if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, then you know that right now I'm preaching through the book of Exodus. And, um, and it's going, I love the book of Exodus. It's just been absolutely great. And I'm enjoying all the dialogue I'm having with people in the church and people are texting me and emailing me questions on a weekly basis. Like, Hey, I'm studying this. And I had a question about that. They're reading ahead or this came up in their life group. I think that's fantastic to me. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. I mean, people are, are learning and they're growing and they're inquisitive and they're just asking a bunch of stuff. But, but, um, this week was especially. For me personally, I, I guess I could say this about every sermon. Where it's like, well, it's especially special to me <laughs> this week. But this one, you know, like last week was about discouragement. And we talked about how, you know, we'd had our own fair share of discouragement right. over the years. This one, you know, I titled this sermon, Who is Your God? And I talked about how that is the most important question that I think anybody could ever ask. You know, who is your God? If you answer that question then really it does set the course of your life in the right direction. You know, and I, I weighed it out, you know, that's more important than, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? That's more important than who I'm going to marry. You know, you realize if you ask the question, who is your God, that has great dividends on the question of who should I marry or where should I work or where should I move? You know, what does God want? What is the Lord's will in this and who is the Lord? So anyway, um, the whole basis of that was Pharaoh who said, I don't know this God. Why should I obey him? Why should I do any of those things for him. And, you know, Pharaoh thought he was a God. And I told the church on Sunday, he's about to find out who God is. And these plagues are about to come, but, um, but we're not quite to the plagues yet, but this question of who is your God and, and, and that's something that, you know, I think we just spend a little bit more time with who is your God and really defining that. Um, you know, it's really clear as the Bible says that he is the one true God. Right. The one true God, um, that he is the one who is to be feared and followed. You know, he's the one that uh, should be worshipped with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love. And he is the God who sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Then it's through Jesus and only through Jesus that um, we can have reconciliation with God. So that it, that's who God is. He is the He is the one true God. There are no other gods. That He is the the one who is to be obeyed and followed, revered and loved. Um, and and He's the one that sent Jesus. That that through Himself, that God incarnate, God in the flesh, He came to redeem mankind, and we find reconciliation. So that's who God is. And and as I was working on the sermon, I didn't get into any of this at all during the sermon. 
But it made me, you know, if you know me very well, you know that I hate this concept of progressive Christianity. I hate it with all of my heart. And if you've been around New Life for any length of time, you know that I talk about it from time to time. And, well, and you had a lot last spring, even that you were talking about progressive Christianity on a regular, in one of your regular series. Well, yeah, it came up quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, progressive Christianity, um, for those of you that may not know what that is, it absolutely tries to obliterate that question of who is your God. And I remember, I, I find myself working on these sermons and there are things that annoy me. And as I'm trying to outline for the church, you know, who is your God, I'm reminded of all the times I've heard these progressive preachers try to distort that. And it drives me absolutely bonkers. And something you may not know about me is that um, um, I have a list of preachers. I would call them heretics, false teachers, progressive preachers that that when I say I listen to their sermons, I uh, that may not quite be a right, accurate statement. I pay attention to what they're teaching their churches mm-hmm. because I want to be up to speed on some of the false doctrine that's being promoted out there. Um there has been a pretty steady stream of people coming into our New Life family who have um, been a part of churches that I would say have gone progressive, Um, that they have, um, um, and when I say progressive, I don't mean anything about politics or nothing. Progressive Christianity is this version of Christianity. It's a false version where they try to take um, American secularism and harmonize it with the Bible. And they try to blend these two worlds together. And what you get is a very distorted view of what Christianity is. And I would say it's a distorted view that's, that pretty much says anything goes. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Doesn't matter. You know, God can be whoever you want him to be. That you know, that you know, you don't have to, you know, believe in Jesus to to learn from his teachings. And it's just a it's a distortion, like a lot of different ways and a lot of different faiths all blend into, you know, what it means to love God. And it's just it's just messed up. And and I found myself walking through this in my sermon being annoyed at some of these preachers. And so mm-hmm. um uh, just recently and here's where I'm going with this. Just recently, I was listening to one of these progressive preachers uh, um, talk about what he thought the Bible was all about. Are you going to name him? No, I'm not. Um, but but he started to outline what he thought the Bible was really all about. And, and I just, I found myself being angry and laughing at the same time because it was so off base. And then this preacher started talking about Exodus. All right, Exodus. And so my ears perked up just a little bit. It's right. like, oh, this should be really interesting. <laughs> well, you know, at the foundation of Exodus, um, and we talked about this Sunday, um, this wasn't God just casting out judgment, these 10 plagues. It wasn't just God judging the Egyptians and 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 basically, you know, um, judging them for the way they mistreated the Israelites. Um, it was also, and it says there in Exodus 12, 12, you know, that God was bringing judgment down on all the, all the gods of Egypt. They're very polytheistic culture. So they worshiped all these false gods, these made up idols and images and built temples to fake ideas. And, and so this is, you know, it says all throughout Hebrews, so that you will know that I am the one true God and there is no other. That is repeated over and over, especially through these 10 plagues, so that you will know that I am Yahweh. And... And so this progressive preacher, this false teacher, was teaching his church that actually God 
Our God, Jehovah, is one of many gods around still today. And they made, he made this point of saying, you know, Christians today, they talk about gods of the Bible as like we modernize it and we say, you know, the God of of uh, of money, the God of sex, the God of this. And we have all these false idols and stuff. Right. And, and they're like, no, 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 that's not true. Now, I understand that concept that, you know, mm-hmm. anything that you put between you and God becomes an idol. Mm-hmm. Anything you're more devoted to, then God becomes an idol. But this preacher actually said that, no, 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 there were actually multiple gods. That these were real gods and that God was just making himself known as the Hebrew God. And the Hebrew God, the God of the Hebrews, and I'm sitting here going, you can't say, that is not true. And basically what he was doing, which really ticks me off about progressive Christianity, is that it devalues God's role. It devalues the Bible. It brings it all down onto mm-hmm. a man level where, where he actually was teaching his church that, that God was just one among many. Right. And that the Bible just records the actions of the Hebrew God. Mm. And so in that sense, you can turn around and the people back in the Exodus times were interpreting and imagining God in what the only way they could understand. And that we do that as time progresses. So as mankind in general learns more about science and the world and all this other stuff, we reimagine and we reinterpret God in our own eyes and that we can make God whoever we want him to be. And man, I was actually listening to this when I was driving my car and I was like, I need to pull over and scream. This is like, this is awful what he's teaching. And, and so, you know, for me, just so you kind of know, for me, some of my preaching kind of comes out as a defense of Christianity, of the one true God, because there is plenty of voices out there that are teaching that he isn't and that God can be whoever you want him to be. And it just drives me nuts. So, you know, uh, if you guys are looking for a resource that would be really helpful for you, I think it's one of the best books I've ever come across on a very clear explanation of what progressive Christianity is, how dangerous it is, and, and, and all of that. It's a book called A Grand Illusion by David Young. Now, there's a lot of really great books out there, but this one, this one resonated with me. It just, in a very clear, simplistic way, walks through the history of where this whole ideology came from, what they're trying to do with it. And, um, but it's called A Grand Illusion by David Young. And the subtitle is How Progressive Christianity Undermines Biblical Faith. And, um, you know, honestly, there's, there's a core, believe it or not, there's core value. It's, it's a real thing. There's right. it's core values of progressive Christianity. Here, I'll just tell you what some of their core values are. They've changed these over time, which is consistent with how progressive Christians believe because they believe changes. you can change anything you yeah. want, anytime you want. Nothing's really grounded in the Bible. Um, you know, one of their core values of progressive Christians is believe that following the way and teachings of Jesus can lead to experiencing sacredness, wholeness, and unity of life even as we recognize that the spirit moves in beneficial ways in many faith traditions. You know, that's a whole lot of saying things without saying anything real. Basically what that saying is, um, and this is a consistent message with every progressive preacher I've ever heard is that Christianity is only one of many faiths that lead to your understanding of God. Like you can be 
you can be a follower of, of Islam. You mm-hmm. can worship Allah. Um, you can be a Hindu. You can worship crystals. You can, you know, you can hug trees. You can do whatever you want to do. They are all expressions to some kind of deity, and they all basically are the same way of expressing. This Christianity is just our way of expressing our faith. And do you realize how anti-biblical that is? How unscriptural that mm-hmm. is? Um, you know, another one of their core values is seek community that is inclusive of all people, honoring differences in theological perspective, age, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, expression, class, or ability. You know, and that sounds nice. Um, but what they're really saying is you can do, behave, believe, do anything However you, you want to do, whatever yeah. you want to do. doesn't matter. The Bible, because what they've done is they've reduced the scripture to uh, a man-made writing that's full of good teachings. And, and they basically teach that, you know, as long as you are following the teachings of Jesus, you really don't have to believe that he ever died and rose again. And I've heard these progressive teachers say that you don't have to believe that Jesus died and rose again to benefit from the teachings of Jesus and to help you know God better. And you know how false that is? Absolutely false. I mean, the foundational part of our faith is that we believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation of our faith. So they're teaching this in their churches that you don't really have to believe in Jesus to to, to be a Christian. And that is absolutely false. Um... Strive for peace and justice is another one among all people, knowing that be behaving and compassion and selfless love towards one another is the fullest expression of what we believe. It really what they're saying. I, mean, I, I do believe that we need to treat everybody well. Well, I and I think to, some people get hung up just on that. The whole love your neighbor as yourself thing is a growth area for most Christians. Mm-hmm. But they're they're basically saying anything goes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, you know, you don't have to be correct. You don't have to be right. You don't have to be any, any of those things. You don't have to do what God wants. These things are a greater value than what the Lord teaches. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a, they're big on science, you know, embrace the insights of contemporary science and strive to protect the earth and ensure its integrity and sustainability, you know, um, which I do think we should care for our planet. And I know there's nothing that I say that we should abuse it at all, but honestly, Who's in control of our world? It's the Lord's in control of our world. You know, um, that one preacher I was listening to recently uh, made a big deal about how most Christians get it all wrong when it comes to science, and that um, this preacher promoted the Big Bang theory. That um, this is a preacher preaching in a what they promote as a Bible believing Christian church. That uh, the earth is 14 billion years old. It all started with the Big Bang when God exploded onto the earth. And all science leads to, you know, the the reality that, that, um, that this is a very old planet, billions of years old, and science doesn't lie. And, and um, anybody who believes that the earth is younger than that, well, they just, they don't believe in science. They don't believe. And I'm going... You really building a whole sermon around this, um, and then so it was biblical. No, it I wasn't. Know. <laughs> and, joking. No, but see, the thing is, there's parts of it that sound wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's the parts that they completely devalue that robs mm-hmm. it from anything. Mm-hmm. You know, another one is commit to a path of lifelong learning, believing there is more value in questioning than absolutes. They just revise their core no values. Absolutes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, no absolutes. Question everything. You know, right. if you take the absolutes out of the Bible. I mean, the Bible's full of absolutes. I mean, it's absolutes that God created the mm-hmm. world. It's an absolute that we are lost in our sin 
and we need a savior. It's an absolute that there is an afterlife. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is truth out there. It's mm-hmm. There are tons of absolutes, and they're challenging people. Don't believe in absolutes. Well, if you, if you remove the absolutes from the Bible, then you can make it whatever you want it to be. Well, anyway. I, mean, I think you said it in one that... There's many ways, and it, the Bible specifically says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come to the Father except Exactly, me. and they don't believe that. And no, like you said, tree huggers or whatever, you know, whichever way you want your path to go. Yeah. So basically, I, I keep things all the time. They actually just re- revised their core values of progressive Christianity. It, they have five now. It used to be eight. Ooh. Oh, I have the original eight. I, oh, yes. I know what the original eight were. <laughs> and one of the things they tried to harmonize and blend some of these, but on their previous, um, you know, core values, um, here's one of the things they said: affirm the teachings of Jesus. Affirm that that the teachings of Jesus provide but one of many ways to experience the sacredness and oneness of life, and that we can draw from diverse sources of wisdom in our spiritual journey. That's one of their older renditions of it. And do you understand just how awful that is and how wrong that is? You know, affirm the teachings of Jesus. Yes, of course. But then they're saying Jesus provides just those teachings, just provide one of many ways. And that right there, I mean, it's, it's just, it gets me upset. So when I, when I, I hear this kind of stuff, so here's some trigger words, here's some trigger words. If you're ever listening to a preacher and you're ever sitting in church and the preacher says something like, um, we need to reinterpret or reimagine what the Bible says here, or we need to reinterpret or reimagine God, then then you heard it right here, folks. Joe Williams says you need to get up and you need to leave because mm-hmm. there's nothing of benefit that's going to come from what he's about to tell you. And, um, and that just means that I am going to tell you what I think versus what the Bible says. And this whole idea of this reinterpret, reimagine, it's all it is as they blend the American secularism with American Christianity. And what you get is a whole bunch of blah that doesn't mean anything. So one of the things that I learned from David Young's book, The Grand Illusion, um, is something that really has stuck with me. And I've seen this play out in a lot of different ways. But he made a statement in his book. He said, these churches that promote progressive Christianity, they're not really growing. Most of them are not growing at all. The kind of people that they are attracting are are disillusioned Christians. For what it, Maybe they've been hurt by the church. Maybe they have been um, had a bad experience or... Or, or, or they're looking for affirming voices, and they're not finding those affirming voices in their church. And so they begin to seek out, um, kind of like what the Bible says, you know, somebody that will they'll say what their itching ears want to hear. So if somebody is living a particular lifestyle, and there's no interest in changing, and it's absolutely a lifestyle that the Bible condemns, and they're not finding any kind of, um, um, any kind of acceptance language from their church, and again, that's a whole other subject. That's we'll deal with that on another podcast. Um, but um, they're not finding a preacher who will say that what they are doing is not sin. Then they will seek out preachers who will say it's not a sin, and they are finding these progressive churches. So what you're seeing in a lot of these progressive churches are disillusioned Christians, um, people who have been hurt by the church, and they're finding their way into um, these kind of churches. And here's here's the really hard part. And this is what David Young brought to my attention in his book. 
He said, basically, these progressive churches are kind of the final stopping point before atheism. These churches are the final landing spot or the the landing spot right before somebody chooses to walk away from it all. And so a lot of people are, you know, they'll spend some time in these progressive churches. But then at the end of the day, because there is no absolute truth, there is nothing of substance, there is no truth, there is no anything of 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 what the, you know, they've stripped the Bible of any kind of authoritative language. They've reduced it to a man-made book full of errors. Then they walk away from it completely and they just choose to be atheist. This is a something that's really near to my heart because, you know, how do we correct this? How do we... How do we change course? How do we stop this kind of stuff? How, how, do we, how do we stop this movement of progressive Christianity, this false teaching that is, in my opinion, just an absolute stain on American Christianity or Christianity in general? Well, the only thing I know how to do exactly is, is know what you believe. Study the Bible. Accept it as the truth. Um, you know, the, 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 know the fact that there is a God, the one true God, who is to be followed, obeyed, and loved. He is the one who sent his son Jesus down the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He's the one that reconciles back to the Lord. And then accept the word of God. It is a holy book. It was inspired by God. Yes, written by men. Those absolutely inspired with God. I believe in the inerrant word of God. I believe it needs to be studied. I believe that the more you study God's word, the more that you grow and become um, more like Jesus and the more you know the Lord and become more, you mature and complete. That's what the word of God does. So here at New Life, we place the word of God very highly. You know, you keep it a very high view of the scripture. We have a very high view of God. We do believe in absolute truth. We do believe there's only one way to our father and that's through Jesus Christ. And we do preach these core values uh, that the Bible proclaims. So um, I don't know how you stop progressive Christianity because I think there will always be people that want somebody to say what their itching ears want to hear. There's always going to be a rebelliousness in this world. But what I can tell you is one thing that we can do is that we can honor the one true God. We can be aligned with him in full obedience and we can believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, and we can follow him with all of our hearts. Hey, there's lots of exciting things happening here around the church. And, you know, we have listeners from everywhere, but I would say the bulk of our listeners are right here at New Life. We have an incredible men's retreat coming up this weekend. And let me just tell you, fellas, if... uh, this is something to be paying attention to. Every year, it just gets bigger and bigger. And we had to change locations this year because we outgrew our last one. And I'm really looking forward to it. So that starts this weekend. And I'm just excited about you know the, the camaraderie that's going to be built between the men in our church, what we're going to learn out there. We're going to have several sessions. We're bringing in um, just a, a really well-known speaker to come in and, and talk to the guys. And so we're going to worship. We're going to pray together. We're going to have breakouts sessions together. We're going to be fed by a great teacher. And uh, I'm just really looking forward. Great things always happen at the conclusion of these men's retreats. And um, so if you're not going on the men's retreat, I just want to encourage you to be praying for those fellows out there this weekend. It's going to be a great time. Also, um, our trunk or treat event is coming up here very soon. And just so there be no misconceptions about why we do trunk or treat, we are doing it 
because we are expecting over 2,000 people from our community to come to our church and walk through our building and have a great time. And we want to give them a very warm reception. So our trunk or treat, we don't do it in the parking lot like a lot of churches do. We basically basically have a bunch of people dress up in silly costumes and we set up tables and we create this path that walks people through our church. And we strategically guide them through different environments, um, both on multiple levels. And we make sure they see all of our children's area. And we want to have them let them have just a great experience because... There are plenty of people, lots of people, the majority of our people in our community, they don't know Jesus as their Savior, they don't go to church, but that's not to say there isn't some thought about it. There isn't some curiosity about it. And this is just an opportunity. There's no sidewalks in Bella Vista, so traditional trunk or treating doesn't really happen here. So it's a really great opportunity to provide an alternative to that and a safe place, a safe alternative, a, a, a environment-controlled alternative. So whether it's raining or shining or it's hot or cold, um, you're going to be indoors. And it's just a, a fun time. Kids will go away loaded with candy and parents will, you know, hopefully be warmly welcomed. So we challenge our folks to just be warmly welcoming to anybody who walks through there. And like I said, about over 2000 people is what we had last year. We're expecting the same, if not more. And, and at the end of that, here's our hope. We want people who maybe are curious about Christianity or maybe have driven by our building plenty of times or seen our billboards or, or heard about somebody talk about our church or somebody who, who maybe has maybe given church a try, but maybe rent went out of the habit of it, or maybe they just got out of the habit of going to church during COVID or whatnot. Maybe they're thinking about coming to church, or maybe they just moved here and they're like, we need to find a church. They might be exposed to our church for the very first time, and they might walk our halls. And I do believe the, the Lord can get a hold of somebody's heart just by walking our halls, or maybe their kids had a wonderful time. And they might say one day down the road, you know what? We've been thinking about getting back in church. Hey, we're out of the habit. Why don't we give that church a try? New life. So that's why we do it. There's no deep spiritual significance to it. It's not an anti-Halloween thing. It's not a, you know, this or that. It's just, it's just, it's an opportunity in our community that presents itself. You can't door-to-door traditional trunk or trick-or-treat in Bella Vista. There's no sidewalks. What a great opportunity. People are out looking for this anyway. Let's let them walk the halls of our church, give them some candy, warmly welcome them. And every time we do this, every year, there are families that come back and they say, hey, we've been thinking about going to church and we thought we'd try this. And believe it or not, um, there have been people who've gotten saved um, from this very event. Um, We have somebody on our staff right now who brought their family to a trunk or treat event and the Lord got a hold of their heart and they started coming to our church and the rest is history. Here they are now. It does work. So let me just encourage you guys, be praying for it, donate some candy, uh, sign up to do a booth. It is just a great, great thing to reach out to our community and it always pays good dividends. So that's what our trunk or treat is all about. Hey, there's lots of good things happening all the time. You can always learn more at our website or wherever we put out information, social media, text messages, emails, we do it all and uh, come be a part of what's happening here at New Life. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood. Not a car show.